All right, Justin, sing me a song about two people falling in love because they had a conversation in a horribly lit nightclub for five minutes. And apparently it was the most meaning thing, meaningful thing in the world, even though most of their conversation was them arguing about whether or not the guy is a dick. Uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, I got nothing for that. <laughs> All right, Heather, what about you? I'm really stretching my brain here to think of one. Um, man, I honestly, I'm blanking on this one. I can't think of one. You win again, Sterling. Actually, I'll take a loss on this, too, because it's not like I have an alternative. I was hoping you guys would say something. <laughs> it was That was such a specific one. Like, they all are, but like that one was hard to think of even anything remotely okay with it. I have one in my mind, but I can't remember the artist specifically, so I'm not going to even say it because it's too late now for me to even Google it. So it's too late. We all three take a loss on this one. I mean, maybe one of us knows. No, it's too late. It's done. Okay. We all take a loss. And so does the world for the, this movie, too. So on that note, let's cue the theme song. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And today we are doing one of our worst movies again. We are doing one off Heather's list with the 2002 movie, The Sweetest Thing, starring Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate, Samuel Blair, Thomas Jane, Jason Bateman, and a slew of other just random ass people. So with that, we will talk about what we liked, and I put that in air quotes, don't like and everything in between with this movie so heather since it's your movie give us a little spoiler free rundown for yourself on the sweetest thing yeah so i mean i'm pretty sure this movie was made in the area where there was just a lot of other you know like chick flick rom-com type movies being made and this one just really i feel like this has to be one of the most superficially made movies, like in the sense of almost all of the relationships and all of the interactions with the people who are supposed to be like in romantic relationships are just very surface and superficial level to where, you know, it's just it's hard to really care about any of the love stories in it because it's just like built off of a lot of nothing. Um, it's. And and I do I I will say this doesn't help the fact that um I am not a big Cameron Diaz fan. So that didn't help the case. I don't think that she is particularly a great actress. Um I think she's kind of the same in everything that she does and that didn't help with this. Like it's hard to really root for her as a lead um when I already just don't really care for the characters that she plays. But it's, um, I feel like it, it tries really hard to pull off a bunch of like raunchy jokes and all of these things when really it just feels too forced. It feels like nothing in it is like it just kind of organically 
happens to where you feel like, oh, that's going to make it funny. It, it just feels like they're really forcing it. And that is that it makes it really bad. Like <laughs> there's just parts when they're trying to be really funny and it's just not funny. It's not coming off at all the way that I think they're intending for it to. Um, none of the guys in this movie really are like, yay, stand up dude. Let me root for you to get the girl. And none of the girls are specifically, you know, like, you know what you, you deserve like this real great situation. Like there's just nobody to really root for in this movie that much. So, you know, just all of those things combined. It's like, they were just, especially in comparison with probably a lot of other movies that are similar or like, you know, rom-com type of movies that were out. It just wouldn't hold up and it's not memorable. And it's, it's just, there's a lot of things about it that it's trying way too hard and that's making it worse than it already is. So that is my take on it. Wow. That was quick. Justin, what about you? Okay. So with this movie, um, I mean, I can definitely understand why it would make a worst list. Um, this <laughs> is just, uh, and, and it's crazy because some of these actresses I do like, you know, there are movies with Cameron Diaz that I like. There are movies with Selma Blair that I like. Um, I like them. Um, and interestingly enough, I thought that Christina Applegate is Courtney. I think that, <laughs> dare I say, she had the best performance in this. Yep. Um, I was absolutely going to say that. Yep. Yeah. I really think when I really look at it, she had the best performance in this. She stood out in this. She like totally took it from Cameron in this, who's supposed to be like, and this was when I believe this was when Cameron Diaz was all the rage, if I'm not mistaken. Like she was just up in everything at that time. Yeah. But Applegate kind of took this one, man. I really feel that way. But man, this movie is bad. It's just unfunny when it <laughs> tries to be funny. Um, just this whole thing about girls acting like guys. I mean, I've seen movies where if it's done right, if the writing's clever enough, it, you know, sometimes in certain situations, you can kind of get away with this, but it's just so over the top and these situations just are so unbelievable that most of the time you're just rolling your eyes. I mean, I, I mean, this was just, uh, this was just so difficult to watch. Like, I mean, you're just sitting here and you're just, and I mean, I found myself just wanting to laugh at something, just wanting something good to happen. And it just really felt like there was, nothing happening that that felt compelling or appealing to me at all and just it's just so riddled with cliches and even when it and it's weird because it's in this weird it the movie kind of does this weird thing constantly where it mentions the cliches it knows that it's a cliche it understands that these cliches exist, but it's not intelligent enough or thoughtful enough to stop itself from just being another cliche itself, if that makes sense. I don't know if that might have been rambling, but I think that made sense. Um, it did. And that's 
Yeah. And and that's kind of really my thoughts on it. It was like they thought that this was clever. And it's just one of those movies like that. It thought that it was more clever than it actually was. It thought that it was more funny than it actually was. The quote unquote swerve. I can't wait to get to the spoilers. The quote unquote swerve Mm -hmm. that they try to pull at the end was just so like transparent and haphazard. (laughs) haphazardly done uh and yeah man so it's just uh, a shame that you got all these pretty attractive people together and this is the best you could come up with as far as material i guess i didn't have the same problem you guys had with this movie with the whole not laughing thing because i did laugh during this movie and it's partially because of like a self-defense mechanism my body has where when I'm in excruciating pain and agony and it, being mentally tortured, my body doesn't know what to do but laugh. Like when somebody makes an awkward joke at a funeral and people chuckle because they're just so emotionally numb, they need some sort of outlet to express themselves. I experienced that plenty in this movie. So there were laughs. I mean... I wouldn't say because the movie's funny. I would say because otherwise I might have just hung myself. (laughs) Oh, my. I mean, I know that there are certain things that the Geneva Convention outlaws against prisoners of war, like waterboarding and torture and things like that. (laughs) I would say that the sweetest thing needs to be added to that list. (laughs) The weirdest thing about this movie is it's it's what Justin was saying that it's like oh look girls are doing the same thing guys do and it's like that gross out type of humor and it's all sex based and all this other stuff and they do that the problem is is also when men do that in movies it's also not funny so when you just do the same things it's unfortunately once again not funny and yeah there's a big running gag in this movie that I I do want to touch on later that is a very stupid version of the beginning of 16 candles. And it's just, we're in 16 candles. It's awkward, but funny. It is funny. And this one, it's not, especially when it happens like eight different times, it becomes just annoying and tedious. And also the thing that makes classic romantic comedies work is that they could be, and, ha- and, they, and they will have jokes of their time because you do need to have stuff that is funny for when you make the movie. But they will also have universal aspects that do transcend the time period in which they are made. That, that's what allows people later to latch on to them. I would say one of the best examples of this is when Harry met Sally. Mm-hmm. Where, yes, there are jokes that are dated in that movie. Yes. But the heart of the movie and some of the best parts of that movie are universal concepts. So they transcend when that movie was made. What this movie has is jokes and fashion and settings and characters and everything about it is just 100% stuck in 2001, 2002. And so literally outside of that very specific time frame, nothing in this movie works at all. Even 2003 is too late for this movie. And I think I saw it in 2004 originally. So 
in 2004, this movie was dated and it was only like two years old. And I think even even worse so now in in 2020, this movie feels like it was made by aliens. Like it doesn't even feel like that was a real time in our history and we all lived through it. It's just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen put out. I mean, this movie understands so little of what it's actually doing that the nightclub scenes in this movie are some of the most well-lit rooms in the history of humanity. Not only do they have normal club lights, they also have just the normal overhead lights on. <laughs> it, the, everything is the easiest thing in the world to see. And, well, granted, I have not been in a nightclub in a while, but uh, uh, just a few years after this movie was made is when I would go to nightclubs. That was the time in which I would go. And guess what? None of them ever looked like what this movie looks like. I wouldn't even go into a restaurant that is as well lit as this one was. <laughs> it's mind boggling that they would do that. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's, it's just weird because these people were probably leaving the set of this movie. Like they probably filmed a nightclub scene wrapped for the day and then went to an actual nightclub and it was a literal night and day difference as far as the lighting goes. Right. And I know it sounds weird that I'm harping on the lighting of these scenes. It's just that's how ridiculous some of the aspects of this movie are, is that they can't even get the simple things right. Mm -hmm. I mean, this movie fucks up on the basic concept of what a glory hole is. <laughs> this movie that's all about raunchy sexiness and all this other stuff doesn't even understand the basic concept of the glory hole. And it's just, it's just frustrating. I think is the best way I can even describe it at this point. This movie, for everything it is, which is also very short, thank God. Mm. It's a very short movie. Because I think if it <laughs> went two or three more minutes, I would have destroyed my iPad for having the audacity to keep playing the movie. <laughs> like, I would have, I would have tried to go burn down the Apple headquarters because they didn't have the audacity to build in a self-destruct mechanism into their iPads to stop the sweetest thing from going any further, which I think within itself would also be another war crime. And I say that with 100% sincerity. So with that, Heather, what's your recommendation score? Definitely do not recommend it as it's, Obviously, being on my list, I think it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, it's very flat. It's very, you know, not well scripted, not good storytelling. And you you made a very good point, Sterling, about they don't even get the little things right. And that is a very good way to put that. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely a, a hard pass for me on this one. And even though I unfortunately had to make you all watch it with me to suffer with me. But um, yeah, it's definitely not good. I give this movie um, 15 scenes of Cameron Diaz dancing in a bikini out of 100. God, that's a generous fucking score. Justin, what about you? Yeah, please don't watch it. Um, there are so <laughs> many other <laughs> there are so many other like just funnier female casted romantic comedy type movies 
in the same spirit of this that are just way better. I mean, it's just unfunny. It's just smart. And sometimes it's just downright uncomfortable to see some of the things that they have these women saying and doing. And you just like, you're just, I mean, there were times where I was just scratching my head going, who would really act like this? Like, <laughs> who, right. who would do this? Like, who would just, who would do this? So it's that kind of movie. It's, it's just infuriating. So, I mean, I guess if you're a person who is, uh, you're the kind of person who likes to have a good day and then have it ruined suddenly, or if you're a person who just likes pain, or if you like to engage in torture, maybe you would watch it. But even then, I, I pretty sure watch something else. Make that happen with something else in your lineup. So with that being said, I can only give this movie one point. And that was because for some reason, I, <laughs> I, I did like Christina Applegate in this. I don't know why. I, don't I, don't, I know why. That. I know why. I don't. I, I just, I mean, <laughs> why? I, I, but I'm going to give it that point for her. So there you go. It gets one Christina Applegate hunched over trying to pee in a men's urinal out of a hundred. Of all the scenes to pick, you pick that one. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yes. And I'll, I'll tell you why in the spoiler section why you like Christina Applegate. I know why. I know exactly why. I've pinpointed it down for this. Um, go ahead. I was going to say. I also would like to say you're correct. I did give it way too generous of a score. I don't know what I was thinking with that fifteen. I got. Can I change it? <laughs> Sure, go ahead. I'm going to give it five. It has to be five. I don't know where the 15 came from. Like, just thinking back as I'm talking about it, I'm like, yeah, no, that is too generous of a score. So it's a five for me. Um, I'm kind of going... Uh, I feel I feel like I'm in a weird position right now. Because I weirdly think Showgirls is better than this. <laughs> just because Showgirls has an iconic status because of how bad it fucked up this one doesn't even have that true so i am actually going to give this movie it's uh i mean if you were to ask me to recommend this unfortunately i'm gonna to have to say the same thing as it was showgirls fuck you and for a score i'm gonna give it a fuck you squared oh getting some high level mathematics in this one i don't necessarily think <laughs> it is that much worse than showgirls it's just when I set the bar that low as Showgirls, I have to go somewhere else. And that's what this one is. Yeah. So it's it's all made up as I go. Uh, so now let's go into spoilers. And so, uh, Heather, I'll give you the option. Do you want to go first? Um. Yeah, I'll go first. All right, Heather, go. And the thing is, the first thing I did want to say is, Jason, I do understand what you mean, because the only watchable person or thing in this movie is Christina Applegate. So I completely get that. Um, I honestly, I'll say the actual like friendship between Christina Applegate's character and Cameron Diaz's character, I did not hate it. Their friendship aspect of it was fine. I mean, if there was anything about the movie that was a little bit more believable than anything else, it was probably like their friendship and how they were with each other and their dynamic with each other. But like, yeah, literally Christina Applegate is she's the only one that actually is somewhat humorous in it. Like if if I mean, and she's not like nobody's really funny in this movie, but 
if there were scenes that you were going to think were better than other scenes, it was because she was in it. It was because of something that she probably said or did in that scene that made it even a little bit bearable to watch. So I completely get what you mean by that. But I, and I also, I mean, and this is just coming from me. Like, I mean, I, I've never really understood the whole Cameron Diaz being like super hot thing. I don't get it. I do not think that she's very attractive at all, honestly. Um, I mean, I would say in this movie, she probably looks better than I've seen her in a lot of her other movies. But in general, I, I just don't see it. Um, I think Christina Applegate is also way prettier than she is, you know, but it's I just don't understand it. And then like they just have Cameron Diaz do the same thing all the time. She plays like the fun, you know, kooky, slightly ditzy blonde girl who just dances around in her underwear or midriffs because she has a good body type of thing. And that's all she does. You know, that's really the only thing I ever see about her when I see her in anything. <laughs> like, that's just what I think of. And she's just not, I don't think that she has enough um, charisma. She doesn't have enough depth acting wise to pull off being a lead role in something like this. To be fair, the script isn't great enough for really, it's not going to be pulled off well by anybody in it, you know, but it just, she's not, <laughs> she's not a good lead for me. I'm, I'm just not a fan of hers. Never really have been. I can think of maybe two movies where I don't completely just think she's a non-factor or annoying. And that's about it. She just bothers me. So for me, I, it's hard to already kind of root for a lead that I feel like doesn't really have that depth or pull off a character very well in general. And that even more so made me be like, yeah, Christina Applegate steals it for me in this. Selma Blair's character is super awkward. And I just like, I feel so bad for her because she just has all of these really like awkward and uncomfortable things happening to her. And I don't think I've ever seen her play a normal character either. She's either always playing like that awkward, oddball character like that, or she's playing like the strict, you know, nobody likes me because I'm just like a hard ass type of person, like in Legally Blonde, you know? So it's just, these characters are just very um, superficial, very superficial characters. Um, I think that... Yeah, like the the whole idea of this is she finally, you know, has someone that she likes that she can see a future with. And it's from a guy that she talked to in a nightclub for literally 10 minutes. And I'm just like, nothing about that conversation, you know, and, and, and the whole thing is like he's supposedly in town for his brother's wedding, which we find out ends up being his own wedding, which first of all, the way that that goes is like that is the most ridiculous like twist of anything in a movie because i mean it's just like really that's what you did with that like this whole time and like why would he even pretend want to invite another girl to a wedding that's his own anyway you know he's like oh yeah stop by this wedding for my brother and it's like if you know it's your wedding why would you even like do that <laughs> like it just none of it made sense with that being like the little you know, oh, gotcha. It's actually his wedding. It just made no sense. And it was stupid and it was really unnecessary. And like this girl he meets for 10 minutes in a nightclub, 
makes him think, you know, you know what, this girl that I'm literally about to marry, eh, I don't think I want to. And then they're just so cavalier about like ending this wedding while everybody's there at the ceremony. And like, everyone's like, oh, okay, clapping because they're like, yay, we're not getting married. And then they just act like it's a normal thing. And they still have a party anyway. And then nothing's awkward. And that's super weird <laughs> because there's no way that that would not be awkward. Um, I think that Jason Bateman, who plays Thomas Jane's brother, is the worst. Um, and I kind of get what you mean, too, Sterling, about like, it's just a very <laughs> stuck in that year type of movie. Just like the way that he's talking and just everything about it really does have that feel like where it's going to forever be dated. Like even a few years later, you're probably like, no, this movie is really dated, <laughs> you know? And I mean, even saying things like it wasn't him that said it, but there was some guy in it that's like, oh, yeah, she's a hot piece of ass. And I'm like, I haven't heard that in like a million years. Like, who says that? Like, it's just and the way that they even in general, I think the words that they use to talk about like women in this movie in general is just really dumb and degrading. But not even in a funny way. Like, I know there's sometimes they do it ironically or they do it and it like it's it just it feels worse in this movie for some reason. And yeah, so it's just it's bad. And yeah, I mean, just <laughs> everything about it just doesn't make sense. They're just doing a bunch of things in a movie just to do them, you know, and I'm just like, OK, so um, yeah. And then just like, I don't know, Cameron Diaz is very much like. I don't know. I just think that she she's very one dimensional in everything, even in this movie, like when she has those moments where she's trying to be deep or she's trying to be like, oh, I'm just always afraid of something more and afraid to step out there and make it something more or whatever. It's not believable. Like, it just feels like she's overacting or trying to act and just not pulling it off. Well, it just nothing was believable that came out of her mouth for me. And yeah, it just was, it, it, there's just a whole lot of crazy things. And then Thomas Jane already is like, you know, he, his character wasn't someone that is worth you, you know, feeling all that kind of crazy over because he actually was about to get married and like was at a nightclub hitting on another woman, invited him to his own wedding and like... I don't know. It just, he, he didn't even seem very like stand out or like a stand up guy anyway. So it's just like people doing random things for the sake of doing them when you feel like they have no stake in why they're doing it. And that is basically all this movie is. And I'm sure I'll have some more stuff to say later, but that's all I got for now. Justin, what about you? Yeah, I definitely agree with um, a lot of those things that you said. And now that I think about it, maybe you're onto something with that, with what you said about Cameron Diaz, because now that I think about it, the movies that I do like her in most of the time, it's true. She's a supporting character in those movies. And you don't like him necessarily because of her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now that I think about it, like really thinking about it. Yeah, most of the movies I like her in, she's a support or she's alongside someone else, actor or actress who is kind of carrying it. And then she's kind of there as a compliment kind of thing 
And ironically, even though she was the lead in this, I just felt like Applegate in the scenes that they had together and in most of the scenes, just maybe it is a charisma thing. Maybe it is just something about presence or whatever, but I just felt like Applegate just had a bigger presence, just a more, I I mean, I don't know if compelling is the word, but, but I just, I paid more attention to her. I just liked that character more. I don't know what it was. She was doing a lot of the same raunchy stuff. She was had bad lines too, but I just liked that character more than I did the Diaz character. So there's definitely something, and I don't know exactly what it is, but maybe I'll get there by the time I hear everybody or something. Uh, who knows? Uh, but but that's just what I walked away with as far as that dynamic. But but I do agree with you when you said that their friendship, nothing about their friendship was that um, uh, offensive as far as like their their chemistry with each other, I guess you could say. It was more about just what they were doing and the lines that they were given, I guess, that that bothered me more than anything with that dynamic. So, yeah, I do understand what you mean with some of that there. And just like some of the plot points that you're talking about, first of all, the middle of this movie, the, the second act, if you will, what was that second act? Okay, we're going to go to this wedding. We got to go get to this wedding so that you can meet this guy that you kind of liked. Okay, we're going to this wedding. And I swear that was 25 to 30 minutes of absolutely nothing. They were in a car <laughs> They go to the bathroom. The bathroom blows up. She doesn't know what a glory hole is. Then we have the the dress-up montage, and then there's a part where we're in the car, and she's trying to reach something that Applegate dropped, and then there's the biker, and he's like, oh, yeah, and Applegate's pretending that <laughs> that Cameron is, is going down on her in the car or whatever. That was like 25 minutes of absolute hell. And I'm still trying to figure out why that was so long. I mean, that was just such like just an elongate, just just a bunch of nothing scenes to get to this wedding, which then was nothing in and of itself. Because like you said, we find out that, oh, it's actually his wedding. So right away the the first thing that this guy ever did to you was he lied to you he said that he was going to his brother's wedding and invited you but actually it was his wedding so he tells a lie one of the first things he does when he interacts with you is he lies to you but he's the one at the end of the movie it's like you know it's it's kind of like what you said like what were the redeeming qualities that he showed? I mean, sure, in that little monologue that they had at the bar at the beginning of the movie, he kind of calls her out on her fear. And basically, he reads her like a book and kind of gives her, this is your problem. You do this. And this is why you are like this. So he kind of has her number at the beginning there. He makes a call and he's correct about her fears and how she treats men and how that relates to her uh commitment issues, et cetera, et cetera. But that is the only thing we are given to why this guy is the one. 
that's it. Everything else is he lies to her. He lies to his wife to be then finally goes, okay, well, I don't want to marry you either. Okay, cool. So all those people were deceived. You're right. That, that reception or whatever that was would have been so awkward after that. And then the step, the, uh, the father-in-law, or I guess not father-in-law that kept tackling him, you know, there were just a bunch of gags. Like you guys said, it was just so like 2001 with some of these gags, like, Oh, the, the mad, father-in-law oh, i'm gonna tackle you here and guess what since that's funny we're gonna have another scene and guess what you're gonna get tackled again and then just the redoing of scenes that you thought were funny but they're not so the second time you're just like really guys i mean come on it wasn't funny the first time and you thought Man. it was so funny you put it in here you put the gag in here a second time and that happens with a couple of scenes in this movie and yeah it's just like and like you said, just beyond the the gags and, oh, look, we have these women kind of doing things that men do in these kinds of raunchy comedy movies. But beyond that, there was just th- there wasn't a lot of depth to any of these characters. They all just act the same way. And I, I didn't get a sense that there was m- many arcs for these characters. It's just everybody is just the same throughout the movie. The same things keeps happening, the same slip ups, the same goofs, the same gags, the same kind of tone, the same kind of, you know, there's just not a lot of growth for any of these characters from beginning to end. So it's hard to latch on to anybody. It's hard to kind of really feel for anybody because you just feel like everything is so silly and so over the top. And like, even in the dream sequence, you know, like there, you know, you just, they're trying to get laughs that you just couldn't like in that dream sequence Cameron was having towards the beginning um at the after she met the guy um in the club and you yeah. know so she has that dream sequence and he's like you know ice cream is delivered in bed and he's like I have to remove all the calories for you and she's like oh great thanks you know like this movie really just tries <laughs> to be so clever and it just fails just so so much just, <laughs> yeah just it's just such a monumental failure just of epic proportions just how it tries and tries and it just fails and then like even the montage scene oh do we have time for a movie montage so they're doing all these montages or whatever and none of it is funny or it's like even when it's making fun of the fact that montages are always in these movies it didn't do anything smart or clever during the montage to kind of tie that in and tie that all together other than the characters just acknowledging that this is what it is but it was the same kind of montage it was the same just forgettable throwaway cliche montage so what did you really say you know just because you acknowledged it and then you do it doesn't mean that somehow it is transcendent or I'm going to laugh because you said that's what it is. That's still what it is. So Although I will say do- the only the only thing that was a little bit funny about that montage scene was when Christina Applegate was making fun of Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. That actually was kind of funny because she kept doing that laugh over and over. Like Until the way it she went does on movie. for nine hours. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. But otherwise, you're right. It wasn't. But that part kind of was a little humorous because of like how much she was making fun of her laugh and that. But um, but otherwise, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, like uh, the the first time I was like, oh, okay, Julia Roberts. Then the second time I was like, okay, Julia Roberts. Then the third time I was like, <laughs> okay, Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was. So, you never thought you would think that about Julia Roberts. <laughs> Just yeah. like get over it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and also okay. like <laughs> And also something, too, to kind of what Sterling was saying about, like, the showgirls thing, <laughs> just as, like, a another connection to that is, like, why do these girls who are supposed to be these super, like, hot girls that everybody wants, like, they do not know how to dance in a nightclub. They just don't. Like, it was just like, what are you doing right now? Yeah. 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 And then what about the, the the guy that oh those two guys are that one guy yeah do the monkey <laughs> I mean it's oh just gosh. like it's just it was just so over the top and unfunny that you were just like it just feels like adults just being silly and you're just like man but it's not in a smart or comedic type of way to that just it just didn't emote any feelings for me other than just. Oh, my God. What is the next scene coming up? So, you know, th that's just kind of how it was. And then we get to the end of the movie and, you know, they they do this kiss and she's like, man, that was a little weak. And then they kiss like 20 more times. And then she's like, oh, man, you know, I, I just think I wasted my time. OK, I'm I'm done. I'm leaving. And it was like, so I get that she was joking with him, I guess. But the way that the acting was done. I couldn't really tell. I was like, is she joking? Is this supposed to be funny? Is she joking or not? And then it cuts and then they're in the scene together. And then all of a sudden he's there and they're all together and you see the picture that they're married. And I was like, oh, okay. She was joking with him, but it did not come across until I got to that ending scene because it was so weird. It was like it was trying to misdirect you when it should have just been her just if she's being sarcastic, just tell us that just let her be sarcastic or at least let her act that way. Don't have her act as if she really was disappointed, but then act like it's a big swerve at the end. You know what I mean? It was just, that was just such a weird way to end it in my opinion. But yeah, yeah that's all I've got. First and foremost, guys, the reason why you like Christina Applegate's character in this movie is because she's the only one that feels like a real person. Whereas Mm. Selma Blair's character is kind of stuck as that awkward yet hopeless romantic type of person, at least when mm. they portray her kind of at the beginning. And she's just kind of always awkward with embracing sexuality and stuff like that. Where, But she's also kind of yearning for that emotional side of things. Whereas then you have the Cameron Diaz character who is completely standoffish about the idea of the emotional things and stuff like that to where she's just so isolated that she won't even give a guy, you know, a full, even like first date because she'll find any reason not to, to always bail no matter what. Whereas Christina Applegate's character is the one that's more or less in the middle because while she has 
fully embraced her sexuality and everything like that, she also understands the yearning for finding someone special and giving them a chance when you find it. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense. She was the only yeah. balanced person in this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, for clarification purposes, Thomas Jane technically is not the one that lies about he's getting married. His brother is the one that says it because his brother is more or less giving the mentality of, hey, this is more or less your bachelor party. So let's give you one last fling. So his brother is actually the one that says for my wedding, not him. Now, he does kind of get that lie by omission because he never corrects him or never clarifies actually what it is. But his brother is the one that actually is the one that tells the lie. Oh, I understand not remembering that because why the fuck? Like nothing about this movie is memorable, but that is what it was. Still, yeah, not- just because he follows up and he's like, yeah, I hope to see you at my brother's wedding. He says something along those no, lines it's where at he the just party. kind of follows up. Right? It's at the party that they're having after the club is when he says, mm. I hope to see you there. Right. But it wasn't at the wedding. He wasn't he he never invited her to the wedding. He, they just mentioned that his like his brother was saying, you know, uh, more or less that he was getting married in Somerset. But the follow up was for her to go to the party, the after party from the club mm, at the hotel. Right, right, right. OK. 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 But it is. It's just a gigantic mess because none of those events really ever play out. Right. But yes, so those are some of the the finer points with that. What I was saying, though, earlier with the running joke that to me is a ripoff of 16 Candles is the fact that Selma Blair is constantly caught in embarrassing sexual situations where just numerous people end up coming into to further her embarrassment. Like when she's at the dry cleaners and the dry cleaner who knows her family and knows her mother and all this other stuff is like interrogating her about the uh the sperm stain on her on the dress and all this other stuff and then her teacher with a cl- uh with a classroom of kids come in for a field trip and then her you know priest or whatever comes to and all these people are there trying to figure out what's on her dress which is very much to me like the uh, that scene in 16 candles where she's having a bit of self-pleasure and everybody wants to come in and wish her happy birthday right then and she's in that embarrassing circumstances. Uh, so it's that joke. You know what I mean? Where all the people you don't want in that situation are the ones you see. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of have the same thing whenever she's having sex with the guy in the mascot costume. Or, of course, it's interrupted and people are there that she doesn't want to see. And then whenever her uh, she is stuck on the man whilst performing fellatio and Half the fucking town of San Francisco is in that apartment staring at her because that's how situations like that go. (laughs) They just allow anybody to come in and look. Yeah, right. That is actually a legit medical situation. Like they were even talking about the paramedic was talking about. They've got the OR room prepped for them to transport to then get the situation fixed. And but they just let everybody in the world in that apartment. I mean, there is even like a cliche baker holding a baguette and wearing a baker's cap in there. Just watching (laughs) all this go down. Yeah. Yeah. It's just there's so many people in there and all this other stuff. Yeah. 
it's all these character like characterizations of these random occupations and they're all just standing around <laughs> it's so bad the whole thing is so stupid yeah and then they all start joining in on the aerosmith yeah just hugging each other like it's a real you know party it really yeah, like feel, a, feels like it was like a halloween party or something that's what yeah. it was it was a halloween party of people that's the only way to really explain how they were doing these caricatures of people in that scene. They were all wearing Halloween costume versions of their occupation. So you know exactly what they are. So terrible. Oh my gosh. Like I I, I swear there was like a guy dressed up in a post like postman's outfit because people, they deliver mail at like 10 o'clock at night, apparently. And (laughs) Like there was people just in the stereotypical bike messenger uniform and stuff like that. That's all it was. And it was like a cop plus a criminal that he had arrested, I believe. Like, yeah. why? And they're just standing <laughs> yeah. there and like all this other stuff because that's what they allow. I get it. The whole point was, oh, look how embarrassing it is for some player's character. But like, that's utterly ridiculous. And they didn't even want to let Cameron Diaz and Christine Applegate in the apartment. They're like, I don't know if you want to go in there, but everybody else is like, well, is, what? Is, is that all the security is for a scene like that? I don't know if you want to go in there. Oh, no, I do. All right. By all means, go in. Just do it then. <laughs> Trespass on somebody else's apartment because I am a police officer and I can give you legal authority to just go where the fuck you want because you just said you wanted to. And like, how did the whole town even know about it? Like. Oh, exactly. Our cops just telling everyone, like, look where I'm going. Well, it's so weird. It's like an ambulance was called. Paramedics were there. And apparently anytime paramedics are called, anybody's just allowed in and everybody just goes. They go, oh, shit, a paramedic's there. Oh, let's go look and see what happened. Because that's what you do. And I get it because the whole setup was to have everybody in the apartment seeing Aerosmith. That was the point is they just wanted a bunch of people singing Aerosmith in a ridiculous manner because that would be funny. Except for, no. when is singing Aerosmith ever funny? Right. Yeah. Like, like, even why that song, is like, that... Just, when is that ever funny? When has anybody ever gone? You know what would make this scene funnier? Singing Aerosmith. Right. <laughs> I mean, wow. that band signed on to be a part of the game Revolution X. That is obviously the biggest joke of their career. And you think just singing one of their songs in your shitty little movie will be funny? (laughs) Right. You don't obviously realize the depth to which these people have gone to before by being a part of Revolution X. And I say that with 100% being a fan of that game. I played it way more times than I would ever care to admit. There was a point (laughs) in my childhood where... I knew where to go to get every single one of the Aerosmith members and get the little wings. Wow. Yeah, yeah. you were a dedicated player. I never got that uh, far with it. <laughs> so, I mean, I've forgotten now, but there was a point where I knew where all of them were, you know, and that <laughs> is scary. And yet this movie somehow is worse than that. Um, Earlier, yeah, I also- mentioned. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, also just the fact that like all those people and professionals or whatever were in that apartment yet it was, you know, Cameron Diaz and Christine Applegate who figured out this is what actually needs to happen to fix the situation as if like nobody else would have been able to figure out that (laughs) it was just super weird. I don't know. 
yeah, it's it really is just the worst. And then on top of that, so earlier I mentioned that this movie doesn't even grasp the concept of a glory hole. So in this glory <laughs> hole scene, apparently Cameron Diaz has no idea what they are. And she does this whole thing of like follow the yellow brick road and then it's like a dog. And she's like, oh, it looks just like my dog when I was growing up. And then she's like, oh, what's in your mouth? What's in your She's talking to a fucking painting on a wall. Right. Act legitimately at a certain point, inquisitively enough to where she is expecting an actual response. <laughs> but then at one point, she just keeps asking, what's in your mouth? What's in your mouth? What's in your mouth? And then puts her eye there and gets just stabbed in the face with a dick. <laughs> so this movie is either positing that this glory hole is meant for guys to go in there and to perform fellatio on the dicks that just come into it, uh, kind of alluding to, you know, public restroom behavior, uh, stereotype of gay people, or that there just happens to be a mischievous person on the other side of the wall that performs fellatio that realizes a woman's on the other side and goes, hi, I just want to stab her in the eye with my dick. Now, Either way, also with that, she keeps saying what's in your mouth like she sees something. But as that scene plays out, she is the one that positions herself down there. And then the penis comes into frame and then through the hole, which would posit that it wasn't in there. So what the fuck was she even seeing to go? What's in your mouth? What's right. in your mouth? What's in there? Like there was nothing. And also, how does that work? Like, was the guy like like leaning down and staring through the hole? waiting till she was almost there and then going, all right, now I get ready and just guessing and hoping that he stabs her in the eye with his penis. Right. It's just so weird, but it just was one of those scenes to where it's like, oh yeah. In comedies like this with guys, you're going to see female nudity. We're going to do the exact same thing, but it's going to be male nudity. We're going to show them. Unfortunately, either way, no matter what the movie situation was, it wouldn't have been funny. Yeah, that is true. And it's like, she's also, and I don't know if she was actually touching the wall, but I'm like, why are you even like going near anything that is on a bathroom stall wall? Like, why are you, why would you think anything good would come from that situation? You know? Well, it's also like, <laughs> why was the women's restroom like apparently a one like toilet area and the men's had a urinal and like a stall type of situation? Like, that you wouldn't lock the door either way. It's just, it's weird either way. <laughs> also, right. this scene doesn't know how traffic or, sh or streets work because the scene in which the biker is doing that whole thing, uh, like next to them in the lane and all this other stuff. But then you get to the road work and then he crashes and all this other stuff and they keep going. If you notice during that scene, that's actually a two lane, two way highway. So that would actually mean that Cameron Diaz and Christina Applegate's characters were actually driving in the wrong lane toward oncoming traffic the whole time for that scene to work. Mm. <laughs> and also every yeah. car behind them that was approaching that construction area that the biker crashed at, they're actually just all sitting in a line like in the same lane as the thing. None of them were even getting out of the way of that. They're all just sitting there and stuff like that. So it's just very weird to actually see. I understand that, yes, it's a movie and all this other stuff. But it's the, like I said, it's the small things that mm -hmm. are insanely noticeable in a movie like this. Uh, one of the other things that I found weird was during that scene, whenever she's reaching down to get all the stuff and Christina Applegate's making all these sex noises and all this other stuff. 
how would how how would Cameron Diaz's character not know what the fuck she was doing? Because she wasn't saying any of it in a normal way. <laughs> she wasn't right. saying that like, oh no, don't stop. And she was like, yeah, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to find it. Like what? What? But she's moaning while she said that. Why wouldn't Cameron Diaz's character go? Why the fuck are you moaning up there? Right. <laughs> like it makes no sense. Also, does that biker not understand? what oral sex on a female would be because it wouldn't really be possible. Like what was going on right there? I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, maybe, maybe it is possible. And I just haven't thought of the correct way to Tetris myself into that position, but I'm just saying it really didn't look like anything that would actually be possible to do. Tetris myself in. Like I said, it's the small things in this movie that just don't make any sense. Like, I mean, like Justin was saying, that whole playful banter between Thomas Jane and Cameron Diaz at the end of the movie when she keeps like going, I thought you would kiss better than this and all this other stuff. And he's like, oh, I'm going to show you and all this other stuff. And then you find out they get married and all this other stuff. I'm like, it 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 just didn't feel real at all. No. Yeah. And like Justin yeah. said, it it's supposed to be playful banter, you know, but she's saying it. With a very strong hint of sincerity. Like she yeah. doesn't know how to she's, be sarcastic. She's not. Well, yeah. It's not not even sarcasm is what you're looking for. You're looking with flirty. Like, yeah, I yeah. want to challenge you. So you'll kiss me again. She's saying it like she just straight up means it. At a certain yeah. point, I would have said, yes, yeah, same with you, woman, and walk the fuck away. <laughs> yeah, her acting there was totally serious. It was too serious. So it just threw me for a loop that, that that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, it wasn't flirty. Now, one of the lines she said in there was flirty with the whole you should try again. But she said it as you better try again because I am instantly regretting all of this. Not. Yeah, like the you, I'll let you try again, I yeah, think is what she said. Yeah, instead of, uh oh prove me wrong try it again nope mm -hmm. she's like uh you need to try again because that was garbage yes exactly that's what it sounded like like that's the yeah, difference so you feel like <laughs> yeah you feel like it wasn't even playful yeah yeah after like the second time i would have been like all right you know what you suck too i'm i'm done and we'll just walk <laughs> the fuck away i would have been like i blew up a marriage for this bullshit peace out <laughs> right and they were also just like very, it seemed like everyone was just very clumsy all the time or just always just a craziness around them, like causing trouble. Like, oh, she gets locked into the bathroom and says, oh, let me just stumble around and try to find my way out and getting locked out of everything. And, oh, we're trying to meet in the street. And then the car comes and splashes us with stuff like just all of these like ridiculous things that were supposed to be like. Um, you know, and just whatever they were supposed to be, I don't even know, but it, it just was like, really, like, <laughs> that's what you're going with right now with this. It just, it just made it seem like they weren't real people. Like you were saying, like, just ultimately the, the clumsiest people just getting in the most insane situations and, you know, but it just, it wasn't believable. Yeah. Well, I mean, to go to what you were saying with that, with that type of humor, and the type of humor this movie in general had. Uh, I, I pulled up a list of other 2002 comedies. So we're also looking at DJ Qualls, the new guy, 
Rob Schneider's mm-hmm. Hot Chicks, or uh, The Hot Chick, Master in Disguise, I Spy, Crossroads, Van Wilder, uh, the first Jackass the movie, uh, The Adventures of Pluto, Pluto Nash, Undercover Brother, The First Barbershop, Showtime, and so on and so forth. Oh, Eight Crazy Nights. So it really is kind of in the vein of a lot of those movies. Yeah. <laughs> now, there are some good comedies I did leave off that list, which uh, one of them is Two Weeks Notice, which is one of the only Sandra mm-hmm. Bullock movies I liked up until this point. Uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist, which I think is severely underrated. Austin Powers Gold Member, which I also think is kind of underrated. Uh, Bend It Like Beckham, which is a really good movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, I know this is a personal favorite, and I do not blame anybody for disagreeing with me on this, but Eight Leavened Freaks, Eight-Legged Freaks, I'm sorry, with David Arquette. I kind of just like movies with <laughs> spiders, so I kind of like it. And uh, Orange uh, Orange County, I, I actually really like that movie. I like that movie a lot. And uh, Death to Smoochie, which I think is a really good movie for, for a very, very dark comedy movie. So, I mean, it really is just in the vein of those movies, though. Like, this is attempting to be a female kind of version of Van Wilder in a lot of ways with that type of humor. Yeah. Yeah, because in and yeah, even just with what we were saying too, like the whole, oh, the clumsy situations always happening and all of that stuff. Like you mentioned Orange County and they definitely have a lot of that because, I mean, it's a Jack Black and he's like a master at just being clumsy at everything. But like it, it plays well, though, like just the way that they do it or the situations they do it in works way better. You know, you don't feel like they were doing it just because they needed something to fill that space with funny. You know, they feel like they actually had a purpose with how they were doing the clumsy and the whatever with it. With this movie, you just feel like, well, let's just see if this works. Try to, you know, roll out of the window and, you know, like you just feel like they didn't really have a a plan. They just wanted something to fill that space to try and be funny. We'll see. All right. I'm going to say the difference between those two is, well, A, all comedy really hinges on timing and the comedic timing in The Sweetest Thing versus Jack Black or Night Day. But also... In The Sweetest Thing, it's like everything was happening to her. Whereas, like, the Jack Black character, and especially, like, Orange County, he'd be like, oh, no, I'm locked in this room. I need to get out. And then he would, like, roll out of a window and, like, break shit and all this other stuff. But his reason would be because it was a pull door and he's pushing on it. Right. So it's more of the character flaw instead of just happenstance. Yes, yeah. that is true. Yeah. And that's what makes it funny, though, because that's I think this is probably that's actually one of my favorite Jack Black movies. But yeah, no, it's you're right. It's completely how the character is. Yeah, that's completely exactly right. Yeah. Instead of this, the universe causing problems for him, it's because he's dumb. He's and so he gets himself in dumb situations. Stuff. Yeah. You know, it's that right. type of thing. Or he's like, oh, the door's locked. It's because he locked it and didn't unlock it. Like he and could that's just turn way a little funnier. Thing. Well, exactly. It's just funnier. Yeah. Because it's it's a character thing. It's a character trait versus yeah. just shit being thrown at characters, which is all this movie is, is these characters aren't necessarily doing anything with a lot of that stuff. It's just shit being thrown at them. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be real. Would you tr- would anybody actually try to flush a toilet in a restroom that looked like that one as many times as Christina Applegate's character tried to? At no. a certain point, you would go, <laughs> no. this is garbage. This is literally unsanitary hell. I'm just going to walk the fuck out. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
you would just not also how much keep water trying. came out of that too. Yeah, but I'm just saying you would not keep trying at that point. You just wouldn't. Right. Especially in a place that looked like that. It would have been it would have made infinitely more sense if they just walked out of that bathroom and realized they both then had hep C. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's the difference between like this and some like really good comedies is the fact that every character in this movie was one dimensional. And it wasn't the type of one dimensional that can lead to funny moments. Like going back to Orange County, Jack Black's character is slightly one dimensional because he is that fuck up character. But that character trait can lead to funny moments because he's the fuck up. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, though, he's never a fuck up with malice. He's a fuck up with with heart. You know, yeah. so he's trying to do the right things. He's just more or less so dumb and, and he is so much of a fuck up. He can't do the right things. But right. He's always trying yeah. to. Whereas Cameron Diaz's character in a lot of ways is mean about some of the things she does. Mm. Some of it is slightly justifiable. So so if you've got guys that are pestering you nonstop and. You just want them to shut up and leave you alone. So you give them a wrong phone number. I get it. But that's also not why she's saying she does it. She's just saying she does it because she doesn't really want to get hurt and all this other stuff. So she doesn't want to give anybody a chance. So and she is slightly mean about it. Mm -hmm. So you also don't have that redemptive quality to cheer her on because you also don't hear about her getting hurt. You know, you don't even get the backstory that you would typically get in a movie like this yes. of how she was. Yeah, hurt. Like, yeah, this is why I'm so heartbroken exactly. and so afraid to trust. Yeah. So Took you don't, the words right out of my mouth. So with that, you don't get that balance. You you have zero reason to root for her at all in this movie. You've got zero yeah. reason to root for any of these characters, with the exception of Christina Applegate towards the end of the movie, which is whenever she yeah. does get that slight redemption of She's dating that guy that's a doctor and she's like, you know, trying to make a real relationship out of it. Yep. But that's the also what I was saying. Shows, she's like, balanced with yeah. it, though, because while she is kind of the same as as uh, Cameron Diaz's character with it, but she's also she's more or less of the mentality of I'm going to have fun until I find Mr. Right, where the Cameron Diaz character is. I don't give a fuck if they are Mr. Right. Fuck everybody. So that's where Christina Applegate's character does have more balance is she's trying to help. And it's also because she's trying to help the Cameron Diaz character find that guy again. Mm -hmm. So it shows that she's even got the mentality of if you do find something special, go for it. That that does give her that balance, you know, while she's at the club and she doesn't give a fuck. Sure. She's like, fuck it. I'll do whatever. But if you do find something special, just don't throw it away. Because you can. That's what I'm saying is she has that balance. Whereas no one else does. Yeah, that's very true. And I, and I do yep, believe that that's sense. why she is the only character in this movie that's relatable. Yeah, I mean, she just was very like and like I think you had said it earlier that she's like comfortable in her sexuality and whatever else. But like even in like that, that scene, which was still a stupid scene where they're in the bathroom and like all the girls are like feeling her fake boobs or whatever. You know, she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's why I got him, because I want people to look at him. Like, she was just very much like, 
you know what I mean? She wasn't going to be like, how dare you look at me? And it's like, you know, she's just like, no, that's, that's what I did it for. You know, like she was, she was just a very, like you said, an actual human, <laughs> like an actual person that you can relate to. Yeah. Well then also you, I'm glad you mentioned that scene because also what club has bathroom doors with glass holes in them that you can see through that these guys <laughs> were on the ground looking through. Yeah. Right. What, where does that exist? Yeah. Where is that? <laughs> I mean, come the fuck. And also, how were those people? How did they not see her walking towards the door to open the door? They're looking through glass. How did they right. not know, like? How were they surprised <laughs> that somebody was coming towards the door? They're literally looking through it. Right. And also, yeah, didn't even get the small things right. There's there's a funny thing about that scene too. The drink he spills when he's like, "Oh, he spilled his drink," and then she buys him a beer. To make up for it. And later they would make the joke of, oh, you made me spill my beer. All this other stuff. He wasn't drinking a beer. He had a cocktail in his hand. I know that's a weird thing to get hung up on. But like you were saying, small things. All right. Wasn't drinking a beer. Yeah, that's true. He, a cocktail he did have a hand. cocktail. I remember. Yep. Yep. Because if I'm thinking right, that was a low ball glass. So it's like one of those things like uh, you can't even get the little things like that right. <laughs> he didn't even try. It feels like, man. Yeah. And like also why? <laughs> Like, I get at the end of the movie that she's like, hey, let's go dancing. I just want to forget everything and just, you know, whatever. But then, like, she still stays on the floor, like, dancing by herself to a slow song. <laughs> it was just weird. And do they even play slow songs in nightclubs? I mean, every once in a while, but not like that. Right. Like, if you're where truly... it's like, let's dance like a high school or something, like a high school yes. dance where you do slow dances. That's kind of how they're playing it. But if you're actually in a dance club. They're not going to really play shit like that. Right. Because the whole point of it is high energy. Right. Because you want the idea that two single people might go up there and dance with each other. Mm -hmm. Two single people who just met typically aren't going to slow dance together. Right. I mean, in my, I mean, mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh, all I was going to say was add to that was just that or you might hear some slow song that has been altered in some kind of way to be faster paced. Yeah. A dance is remix. what you might mm -hmm. hear. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, and like my limited experience going to nightclubs, but even still when they play something that's a little bit slower, it's still got that rhythm where you feel like. They're slower so that you can like, you know, get a rhythm going and it's still supposed to be more of like high energy, even if it's a slower song. It's not like, you know, we're a couple in love dancing like we're at a wedding, like is what <laughs> that club looked like they were doing. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, yeah, it just didn't fit at all. I mean, they were doing it, like you said, a high school dance or a wedding where it is meant more for couples than just people getting together and trying to find people. Right. God, this movie sucks. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Yeah, thanks, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> and also, at least it's not the opposite where you're like, oh, this movie's not that bad. And I'm like, it's terrible. I'm glad we at least all agree that it's terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, also with that, though, like going back to that last dance sequence thing, though, is the guy's trying to get laid and all this other stuff. And she's talking to him and he's like, God, what's it take to get laid and all this other stuff? That's still the type of thing that guys would do would like listen to her talk about that and get her number. Like that's the whole point of it. Still, that still would be playing the game. And he's just like so fed up with it and stuff like it, that's way right. too quick in that situation. 
Yeah, because wouldn't they still just be like, yeah, no, I totally understand, and like still try to take you home, and then after that be like, forget it, I'm done now. Or at least try to get the first date and get it then. Something. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's also the big weird like crux of this movie is the fact that like the Cameron Diaz character, it's almost like she is like sleeping around or doing whatever, but not getting emotionally attached to these guys, you know, but she's still very sexual and all this other stuff. But she really wasn't because she would like wouldn't go home with the guy from the bar, but also wouldn't give him the right number, wouldn't go on dates and all this other stuff. She wasn't really doing anything. Yeah, that they were trying to imply that she would do. I mean, Selma Blair was having more sex than both of them, it seemed like. I mean, you can argue that Christina Applegate's character did hook up from the lead with the lead singer of The Wonders at the beginning of the movie. Because, yes, that is the yeah. same guy from That Thing You Do. Yep. So, I don't know, it's just, this movie, it wants to be something, but it doesn't actually want to do any of the real steps to get there. It wants to be a comedy, but it doesn't want to actually do anything funny. It wants to have these, like, these specific types of characters. But it doesn't want to actually do those characters. This movie actually wants to be still at its heart a romantic comedy, but it doesn't want to be romantic either or a comedy. But I already said that. Any other thoughts about this movie? Negative. I'm good. On that note, guys, I'm sorry you listened to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast, but thank you for doing so anyway. Uh Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema underscore Slayers. We do have a lot of movies coming out. We are recording a lot this week, so we have a bunch of stuff coming out, including another favorites movie and some slightly newer releases to talk to you guys about. So check those out when those come out. And other than that, guys, remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. miss a thing cause even when I dream of you the sweetest dream will never do I still miss you babe and I don't want to miss a thing do we even mention that this movie mentions its own title within the first bit of this movie I nope we didn't but it does nope yes we didn't that's another big problem with this movie is it literally says the name of the movie Within like the first six minutes of this movie.